Hello, my name is Tyler Dunn, and you're watching Goals and Updates, where we take negative thinking and transform it to positive thinking. I started Goals and Updates after helping my friend who was going through suicidal thoughts and was put on drugs by a doctor who stated it wasn't her fault, that she was born this way. I realized at this time my friend needed the truth because the truth will set you free. After helping my friend change her negative thinking to positive thinking, I quickly realized that I could help people by changing the way we think automatically to a more positive mindset. Thank you for checking out Goals and Updates and enjoy the show. All right, what's up everybody? My name's Tyler Dunn with Goals and Updates on episode 115. Real quick, where we take negative thinking and turn it into positive thinking. That's the motto or uh, slogan of Goals and Updates. Now, if you're new to this show, how we do this show is I go into updates of my own life to show you that I'm implementing the same stuff that I'm actually preaching onto Goals and Updates on the physical show. Then what happens is I go into two topics. Today's topics are going to be Believe the Impossible. The second topic is going to be Kill Them with Kindness. And then we'll go into Done Deal Investments, and then we'll basically wrap it up from there. So to start off, I do want to go over some – what's up, Ruben? I do want to go over some of the updates that I've been going through. I have kind of been away. I don't think I did any episodes last week, but it's just been really rocky. I've been trying to get myself together and kind of pick myself up. What's up, man? How's everything going? I haven't seen you in a while. But, um, but yeah, so I've just been trying to pick myself up, move things around. I'm still working at the warranty company right now, and I'm trying to still get my state's license. But what I ended up doing was I took a couple steps back, and uh, now i got to go into the, the restudying process, and then I'm going to have to do other things. But just been kind of moving things around, but I have a lot of updates to kind of update you guys on. I actually went to work and did um, a couple different update or goals. I don't know. You probably can't really see all of them, but I basically wrote down some personal goals. I basically then went into goals and updates, which is the show that you're on right now. And then I did done deal investments, which is a, a business, which I talk about at the end of the show. But I basically just jotted down some goals for each subject. And then uh, I'm going to try to work on hitting them. I really should start trying to do, uh, they say what you really should do is do long-term and then short-term. So you're trying to hit the short-term as you're building up to the long-term goals. So that's what I got to start trying to work on because normally when I do goals, I just set a goal. I don't normally do a short term and then the long term, I just kind of set them. So that's something that I need to work on on my own, you know, my own personal goals is doing the short term and the long term. But um, some of the goals that I have written down here is uh, opportunity. So this opportunity has, has presented itself. Uh, I'm trying to get out of the warranty company that I'm in right now and move into life and health insurance and actually be a selling agent. So at sales. So right now I'm just kind of the call center. I'm just picking up phone calls and doing different things with the phone. And I really got to get into sales. So that's why that kind of came up. It kind of came up as an opportunity where my friend kind of was like, hey, you talk a lot about sales. You talk a lot about business. And he's like, you're really smart. You'll probably do really well at this, this firm that I'm at right now selling life and health insurance. He's like, you'll probably do really well. So I'm trying to work on getting there. But he gave me another opportunity where – he basically, because I can't really seem to pass the state exam, and I know it's me. It's not the test. It's not anything else. Uh, for a while, I've been kind of, kind of playing the blame game a little bit. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. I've been kind of blaming, uh, you know, too much government involvement, too much this, right? But it's because I, you know, back 
back when I was trying to take it three times, I got frustrated. So I'm like, you know, it has to be something else. The system's rigged, right? But um, it, no, it's me. I got to study differently. Uh, the first three times I took the test, I was kind of, you know, I was trying to hurry up and get in to the firm with, uh, with my one friend. I kind of had a bunch of different types of pressure that I couldn't seem to cope with and get through. So that kind of took a toll on me. And then I just kept on pounding and pounding and pounding rather than stepping back and maybe studying a little bit harder. I wasn't really doing that. So I'm going to try a different approach. Uh, approach. I'm going to try to study a little bit harder. And then what I'm going to do is uh, my friend gave me another opportunity where he's like, hey, he's like, you could basically be my assistant. You can quit the other job. It'll free up some time. And he's like, you could study more. And he's like, he's like, all I can really afford to pay you at the moment, like the highest I could probably pay you is like $400 every two weeks. So it's like $800 a month. And, you know, now I'm like in this position I'm in right now, I'm making $1,600. So he's literally going to pay me half the paycheck I'm making every single month. Now, I had to think about that for a second because I'm like, you know, I am taking a big paycheck deduction. But um, some of the stuff that I was thinking to myself was, you know, as long as I can pay, there's only really two bills that are the most concerning to me. And uh, the, the big one is obviously the car car gets me places, moves me towards money. And then it would be car insurance. Cause like the car is no good without the car insurance. You know, you'll get arrested or you get a massive ticket or fine, which I don't want. Um, of course, if you get into an accident, you're kind of screwed uh, cause you don't have insurance. So, and it's illegal. So I definitely don't recommend driving a car without insurance. But um, if, as I told them, as long as I can pay that, and I was like, I have a loan that I'm working on right now, as long as I can basically keep up with that loan, keep up with the car payment, keep up with the car insurance. I was like, I should be fine. Uh, Cause those are just the three main bills that I really need to keep up with now. So I was telling him, you know, I, what, whatever I'll take the, you know, I might, I might have to do that and take the, the eight, you know, half the deduction of like what I'm making right now. And at the same time, um, I'm looking at it more as opportunity. What's up, Jason. I'm looking at, I'm looking at it as more as an opportunity where my mom's freaking out. Because my mom's like, you know, you're going from 1600 now you're probably going to go to 800 But in reality, I'm not looking at money. I'm looking at opportunity. So that's the big difference that I've learned that these successful, wealthy people do. What they do is they don't worry about how much money they're going to be making. They look at how much money can be made. How much opportunity can I grow in? Is it, can I, am I capped out at 60000 Or can I keep on producing through more opportunity? And... You know, it's scary for me. The funny thing is, like, it, she's terrified of the idea of, uh, you know, going into sales and straight commission. And maybe there's months where you're not making any money because you're not selling anything. And it's just, you know, it's really hard, especially when you're starting off and you've never been in sales before. It's it's a little difficult. Um, but, you know, I'm telling her, like, you know, as long as I can pay the car, the car insurance, and, the you know, the loan that I'm trying to get through, it's basically the only thing that really matters. All the other bills don't really matter. I can get around it. but um, the point that I was trying to make is she's looking at it as, oh crap, you're going to, you're going to lose $800 in a paycheck. I'm looking at it as, yeah, but I'm capped out. I'm, st I'm struggling right now to pay the bills, right? I'm, pay I'm struggling right now to pay the bills off of a $1,600 a month full-time position, right? And it almost seems like there's really no movement or opportunity in this company. So that's why I was telling her, I'm like, you know, I could, I could sit there and be capped out at 1600 and hope to God someone promotes me or whatever, or, 
uh, just pray to God basically, or I can get up off my butt and work hard for $800 and possibly moving to, to a sales position there and show them that I'm committed. I'm not quitting. I'm, I'm still studying. I'm still moving, but I'm also willing to take a deduction in order to get to where I need to go in the future. And that's the big difference is I'm looking at opportunity. She's looking like most people, 90% of people look at the money. They don't look at opportunity. It's the first thing you should be looking at when you go and get a job. And they don't teach you this in college, by the way. So everyone that goes to college and thinks they're going to college to get a job, they don't teach you this. They don't teach you, hey, what do they, what do they show you when you go to college, right? I, and, and trust me, I've been to college. I have a two-year degree. When I went to college, the first thing they would show to highlight, hey, you might want to go into this field is, is the medium income level. So for instance, I, want, I wanted to go into marketing. They would show me the medium income level that you're basically uh, guaranteed, well, not really guaranteed, but kind of like where you would basically fall out of all the jobs. Like let's say they took 10, 10 jobs of marketing, different varieties of forms of marketing positions, and they would get a medium of how much you probably would be making fresh out of college with that degree. And uh, the numbers look great, right? Like, oh, $80,000. Uh, I think one of them was like, like a medium of like $100,000. But you're most likely not going to be making that when you come out of college. You're going to be starting off maybe at $40,000, $60,000 and work your way up into the $80,000 or that medium range. That's what they don't tell you. The other thing, too, they don't tell you is that you're capped after that. Can't make any more money. There's no growth. Once you get to the tippy-tippy top of marketing, you can't go anywhere else. There's no more money to be made. You're, you're capped. That's something that I also learned uh, reading through like um, sales and stuff like that with like the wealthy of the wealthy that are billionaires and, and 500, you know, some of them are net worth at like 500 to $600 million. And that's what they would say is they would promise you job security. And that's the other thing she's talking about, right? Oh, job security. You're getting a steady paycheck, steady paycheck. I don't want job security. I want opportunity. And that's a big thing that I think uh, I'm telling you a lot of people don't look at. A lot of people don't look at a job and go, is there growth here? Is there opportunity for me to expand? They just go, okay, I'm going to get a pay increase um, and I'm going to go from $800 a month to 16 or maybe 16 to, to uh, $2,000 a month, right? They're just looking at the numbers. They're not looking at opportunity. Now, you know, it's that, that's why it's really important to look at opportunity. Now, we could talk about that all day, but I'm going to try to get through some of these other up, uh, updates with you guys. So that was one thing. So it's something that I'm trying to, you know, think about. I told them I need at least a couple more paychecks just to clear off some debt. And that way, like when I work for you for the 800, I'm not going to be crippled. And you're not going to basically put me in a crutch. I mean, it's not going to be a, you know, it's not going to be a wonderful time uh, doing that, but I'm like, I'll do whatever it takes. I just need to get past this contract that I'm in right now. So that's another update now that I'm talking about that. So uh, about a year ago, I, uh, I came, I don't know what episode it was, but I, I did come on this show and I said, you know, I have a new rule um, with business and it's read every contract you sign. Um, and what happened to me was about a year ago, I went into my first deal and it wasn't real estate. It was just a, a marketing agency and they brought me in. They showed me um, some information and they basically said, you know, you want to, you want a website, you want to have some SEO and all that stuff is time consuming. Maybe you want us to do it. And they kind of, and like, I agreed with them. The stuff they showed me was great. 
The thing I didn't think about was reading the contract because I wasn't really thinking about it. I was, uh, it, they kind of did it almost like a car dealership where you get to the very end, they show you from department to department to department and they wear you down and then you get to the end and you're like, screw it, man, I just want to get out of here. And you sign the contract, right, for the dealership. And that's kind of what happened to me. I kind of got run down because I've, I went there like three times. I did all this other stuff and I didn't see that it was on the back of the paper. That's how they got me too. They wrote it on the back of the paper in very small print and I ended up signing it and I got stuck into a contract that I couldn't get out of. So for about a year now, I've been working with the accountant lady over there and uh, I've been working on paying off that debt with, the, with my business. And so what I was doing was I got a secured business credit card. And the reason I'm telling you guys some of this stuff is because, uh, you know, some, a lot of people want to start businesses, but they don't teach you any of this stuff in college. So I'm going through some of the, you know, a lot of the stuff I learned online, a lot of different things. I went into the bank and the bank teller was trying to assist me and help me with credit and stuff like that. But um, what happened was I got a secured credit card, $500 limit. I put my own skin in the game. I put $500 down on the credit card and uh, they helped me build business credit with that secured card. Now, what ended up happening was I couldn't pay, I couldn't put the full amount of that um, contract onto the credit card. So I was making a deal with the accountant person over there where I'm like, hey, I'll make two payments a month and uh, I just need you to charge this this month. I'll pay it off when it clears. I'll have, and then I get the next paycheck for the, you know, I get paid twice a month. When I get the next paycheck, I'll pay off the second, you know, I'll tell you to charge the credit card and then I'll charge, you know, pay that one off and I'll build, I'll use the debt from the contract to build my credit up, my business credit, through the secured business credit card. And I'm like, so the, so basically what I did was I turned a really shitty situation, for better lack of words, where I got locked into this contract and I got forced into paying things I didn't really wanna pay, and I turned it into a positive outcome for my business. And the only way I could possibly do that is taking the negative mindset that I had when I got locked into it and changing it into a positive experience. And that's why it's really, really important that you pay attention to the, the stuff I'm giving you in this show, Goals and Updates. That's why I created Goals and Updates, by the way. I created it because by nature, every human being is programmed to be negative. And what I needed, what I needed to do was really change the way I was thinking because a lot of times I was really negative. So a lot of people around me are also, you know, actually a lot of people now are actually pretty positive now that I'm, I'm doing things and stuff. But... A lot of people in the real world, right, around you, neighbors, family, parent, parents are actually probably the worst ones, um, are very negative, and so that influences you. That's basically what's happening to me. So that's why I created goals and updates. I want to change that negative mindset and help other people change that negative defaulted mindset to a more positive one. So that's basically how I turn that. But that's one of the goals on here is I, um, I'm basically going to be I'm basically going to be uh, paying off that contract in the next, the next paycheck. So the next two weeks I'll have this contract paid off. So I went from something where I kind of panicked cause I didn't really have the money to working out a deal with the accountant lady to then flipping it into business credit. All right. So that's something maybe to think about. If you want to learn more about that, I mean, just hit me up and I'll, and I'll tell you how I did it, but how I got the secured card, how I did all that stuff. But, um, that's a, that's a really big update or achievement that's going to be coming up where I only have like $650 left on that contract and I'm going to be paying that off in the next month. So that's going to be awesome. Oh, the other thing too, I don't think I put on as a goal on here, but I don't even know if I said it, 
But the secured card is going to be turned into a business credit card through Wells Fargo. So that's another plus with Done Deal Investments, which is pretty awesome. Um, it took me, like I said, like about a year because I got the secured card once I got locked into the contract about a year ago. So it took me about a year for them to finally trust me. Uh, they'll give me back my $500, which was, you know, I consider it more of a deposit or an investment into the business. And then um, they'll give me the $500 back, plus they'll give me a, a uh, regular business card. So that's pretty awesome, too. So now I'm going to start building some more trust within Wells Fargo within my business and building more business credit, which will, will then lead into more capital. So that's awesome. Now, um, let's see. What's up, Sterling? What's up, man? But uh, so that's pretty interesting, right? I'm about to pay off that contract in the next two weeks. I'm also going to get a secure, or not a secured, but a regular business credit card, which is a big accomplish for me. Um, in like, I think they said December. So it should be this month I should get it, which is pretty awesome. What's up, Travis? But uh, so that's that. Let's do payments. Merchandise. So I did, my friend did let me know about merchandise. Hungry, laugh my ass off. Yeah, man, me too. Me too, man. But I'm working. Hopefully you're working. But anyways, they um, he hit me up and he's like, hey, he's like, he's like, I thought we were friends, man. He's like, I need some done deal investment uh, merchandise. And the reason he's saying that is because he probably promotes me out of anybody else that I know. Uh, my one friend, he always, he's always like, hey, it's a done deal. Hey, man. He's like, we need, uh, he's like, we need some, we need done deal in, uh, investment service right now. So he'll go and do things and he'll promote me more than I probably even promote myself, which is pretty terrible. But it means that he's on the, he, he's rooting for me, right? He's on my team. That's how I know he's a good friend. Uh, even with this show, by the way, because I was telling him, I'm like, hey, I have a goal, which I have it written right here on this paper. Uh, getting, I got to get my goal for goals and updates, or one of them is to get 50 people to sign up for Patreon support, which I'll get to the board in a minute after I get to the, 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 the actual updates. But um, I'm like, hey, I really want to try to get 50 people to sign up for Patreon for a dollar a month. That's $50 of revenue that will be put back into the show, and I'll be able to increase it, right? So I told, as soon as I told him that, he's like, hey, man, send me the link. I'll sign up for it right away. He's like, I definitely will support that. So that's, you know, that's a true friend, man. I, you know, and you probably don't see a lot of those. Uh, so it makes him very rare and I'm very blessed to have him as a, as a, as a friend, but you know, it's, it's pretty crazy because he's really supported me a lot of the time. It's him. Uh, one other friend is always like, Hey man, I've watched the show. I like it a lot. Uh, I do, um, like he supports me as much as he can. Uh, he's another one that I'm trying to negotiate into doing the Patreon support, but, uh, um, it's just crazy because, uh, a lot of my friends have really supported me a lot in this, probably more than uh, some other people, you know, a lot of other people. Um, a lot of my family don't really have Facebook or they're not really tech savvy. So they don't really have Facebook or social media, which is a shame because I'm sure a lot of my uh, internal family would definitely support me a lot more if um, I could get them on Facebook. But anyways, uh, a lot of them have Apple phones so or iPhones. So Apple phones, that's funny. iPhones. So I, um, I'm going to, you know, I just got on to, as you can see up here, Apple podcast. So I'm going to try to get them as soon as I get all that stuff uploaded, get them into some of my episodes and really give me some feedback because they've been listening. I've been sending them the videos for Toastmasters, my actual public speeches, and they give me a lot of good feedback. So that's something that I want to do as well. So merchandise, I'm sorry, I kind of got off track, but merchandise. Uh, so he was like, Hey man, 
why aren't you sending me anything? I want a shirt. I want a hat. I want this. And I'm like, yeah, it's a good point. I've been trying to get into the merchandise. Um, and we ended up sitting down with some other person that I'm trying to get on here to, he wants to promote his fundraiser, but I'm trying to get him on here. Um, he's got a really cool idea that he was telling us as we were sitting down and just talking to him. But he also was talking to, we got into some conversation about merchandise and how like Jay-Z and all the rappers just sell merchandise. And that's how they're making a lot of their, uh, their money back through the merchandise. But so I started thinking I really should get some merchandise. I really should get shirts. I really should get hats. Those are the two things that I really want to get. I was looking at some shirts today and expensive. I think to get a hundred shirts, they wanted to charge me almost $800. So I kind of really don't um, want to spend that much money on merchandise, especially for only a hundred shirts. I mean, that's pretty, I mean, that's crazy. A hundred or $800 for a hundred shirts. So I got to figure out a different way to go about it. I'm not really sure yet how to reduce the price or do any of that stuff. You know, I'm still, still new to basically the merchandise and all that stuff. So trying to figure out different ways to save money on that and see what I can do. But I'll update you guys on that once you get merchandise. I'm probably going to get done deal investment merchandise before I get goals and updates, to be honest with you, just because done deal investments needs to be promoted a little bit more. It's a little bit harder to promote that business, I think, than it is with goals and updates. Goals and updates right now, I'm just hitting the internal base. I'm slowly but surely getting and expanding to the, you know, worldwide, but uh, to the internet and stuff like that. But Dundee Investments is a little bit harder because it's more of like a personal interaction type business. It's not something where I can just send someone a link to and uh, automatically they can do business with me. It's a little bit more difficult. It's it's real hard assets with real estate. So uh, goals and updates is obviously a little bit easier. I could send you a link to my website. You can listen to the podcast for free and then you give me your feedback or sign up for Patreon support. Help me out. Um, but, you know, Dundee Investments is a little bit different. So I'm probably going to do merchandise for Dundee Investments first. Then we'll go into goals and updates, and I'll update you guys, obviously, as I go through. Um, I showed you the goals list. And the last one that's on here is the gym. Now, I have been slack. I did slack for about maybe a week, maybe five days within a week where I didn't really go. And then we had Thanksgiving, so I you know, I ate a lot and stuff. But um, I'm trying to get back on the gym schedule. There's one more update that hit me after this. But um, I'm trying to get and actually – figure out a good workout schedule. So what I really want to do with the gym schedule is come up with like four days a week, three days minimum, but four days maybe max. And then from there, give me one second. All right. Sorry about that, guys. My dog opened the door and I didn't want, uh, I didn't want all the outside noise coming through the door. So I had to go do that real quick. But anyways, I wanted to, um, you know, three days, maybe three days minimum, four days max for right now until I get myself into the routine. But um, I also want to come out with like the different workouts that I want to do within those days uh, for biceps, triceps, uh, and get different ones where I'm not doing the same one over and over. It's kind of where I'm at right now where I'm doing the same workouts over and over. And then when I go and work out with my one friend, he shows me different ones. And I'm like, wow, this actually feels a lot better than what I'm doing because I'm basically probably doing the very basic stuff rather than the more heavy duty stuff where I kind of want to gain more muscle and lose the fat quicker. So another thing is dieting, which I really have to start trying to figure out, uh, you know, I kind of have to figure out more of like how I want to eat better and the nutrition part of it and 
there's a bunch of different things I still have to get into. It's just, it's, it's like ridiculously, it's hard. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't like putting, you know, I don't like making excuses on this show, but it, it is hard because there's a lot that goes into it. You have to diet, you have to try to get to the gym and exercise and do the pro, uh, appropriate exercises. So that, and like that stuff's not hard getting to the gym and it will get into the gym's a little hard for me sometimes, but um, the hard part is really just finding the time to get all that stuff figured out. That's my, that's my problem. It's, I'm try, I got to create more time, but so that's that. Now the last thing I want to update you guys, on, I know there's a lot of updates. I have been on here in a week, so I'm trying to get through them quick. The last one I want to do, which is really interesting that a lot of people probably uh, don't know that I'm actually doing, which I might, if it goes well with what I'm doing with him, I might actually add it on to Dundee Investments and help people financially kind of do like a financial, kind of like your own personal financial advisor where I'm going to help you rebuild your credit, uh, go and help you get the loans that you need, go and do different things where it's going to help you uh, get out of debt basically. But let me give you a little bit of backstory about this. But what ended up happening was I was on the phone with one of my friends. My friend basically was like, oh, like, oh no, like I ran out of gas. And I'm like, how'd you run out of gas? I don't have any money. And he's like, no. He's like, I'm basically like dead broke. He's like, I don't have any money for gas. I don't have money for this. He's like, I'm, I'm struggling. I don't have, like, my credit's terrible. I can't, you know, I kind of screwed my credit up. I have a lot of credit card debt. Uh, you know, car payments like $660. So what I started thinking about doing with him was uh, I go, okay. I was like, listen, man. Um, and, and like, I was just trying to do it to help him out. I wasn't thinking about like, oh, I could try to make money doing this or anything. I was just thinking about, okay, I, my friend really needs help financially. I'm very financially savvy. I kind of understand, as you can tell, I'm, I'm starting a business. Like I, uh, you know, trying to build business credit out of no credit. Uh, I got personal credit. That's really good. I got my money kind of, you know, figured out, you know, I'm not, I'm obviously not perfect, but uh, I figured things out as I go, but I'm very financially savvy. I read a lot about personal finance and I know a lot about how to keep yourself going and pay your debts as you're paying yourself. And I, a bunch of different rules that I come up with uh, that aren't really my rules, but other wealthy people's rules. But anyways, um, so I told him, I'm like, Hey, look, I'll buy you lunch but you have to be honest with me and I'll jot down everything. I'll come up with a budget for you, like a plan where you can follow. And I'm like, and he, he's the one that trains me when we go to work out. So I said, listen, man, it's exactly like working out and I'm going to make it simple and easy for you. It's the same idea. You got a budget, which just means we have to learn how much income you're taking in. And then we're going to go through your expenses and that's going to show us how much money you're, you're basically intaking through your income and X taking through your expenses. So we're gonna see basically what's going on and where your money's going. And so I sit down with him, we write down the expenses, jot down the income, and I'm like, all right, well, here's your problem. You're definitely over budget. You're, you're not making enough money to satisfy the expenses. And I'm like, all we're gonna do is we're just gonna cut the fat out of it. We're just gonna trim up your expenses. We're gonna find as much money as we possibly can get, and we're gonna start paying down some of the debts, and I'm also gonna teach you how to pay yourself first. And he goes, all right. And so I'm going through it, cutting down the fats or the expenses. I'm fine. I found like $50 and I'm like, okay, here's what you're going to do. I'm like, you're going to pay yourself first. Always pay yourself first. And he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't understand why would I pay myself first if I have all this debt. And I'm like, because who works for the money? And he goes, I do. And I go, okay, that's why you're going to pay yourself first because you're paying everyone else, but you're not paying yourself. 
So you're leaving yourself with, you're working your ass off, but you're leaving yourself with zero. And I'm like, if you would have paid yourself first, you wouldn't have had your car stall with no gas in it because you would have had spare money, which you would have been paying yourself, which you could have taken and used for an emergency like your car dying and not having enough money for gas. And he's like, oh, all right. So I, so I was trying to teach him as I was going through. Now, obviously, it's a little bit, obviously, a lot more complicated than me explaining it kind of like that. But trying to show him some rules that I've picked up over time when I was 18 in high school with credit card and stuff. And things that I've mastered just because I've done it for, you know, I've done it at an early age when everyone else is screwing around with their credit cards and they think they have all this money and they really don't. And I was, I was more conservative with my cash and I was trying to figure out how to use credit cards as leverage and do different things. So what ended up happening was, uh, you know, I, I gave him some advice, but as I was giving him all this advice, he was like, wow, man, I never even thought about any of that stuff you were talking about. And I was like, trust me, they don't teach you this in school. They don't teach you this in high school, which they really should. They don't teach you this in college. And, I, and he's like, but how come my parents never told me any of this stuff? And I'm like, it's because your parents probably don't even know this stuff. Unfortunately, that's the, that's the big thing is your parents got taught by their parents that gave them the advice that they're giving you, and it's the wrong advice. And I'm like, unfortunately, you know, it is what it is, but, uh, but I'm like, I can help help solve that problem for you. And I'm like, I'll help you get the debt down. I'll help you pay it off. I'm like, we have to go and do this. We'll work on your credit. We'll do all this stuff. So, you know, I've been for the next, for the last week, maybe two weeks, I've been trying to help him get his credit up and I've been trying to get, you know, figure out some solutions for him and do things. But as I've been doing all this, it made me really think about it. And I'm like, you know, I am really good with money, finance, uh, just personal finance in general. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I could do that as extra money. Going back to that opportunity that I said you are only going to be getting paid $800 a month. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I need extra revenue. So I need to be, I need to be willing to do other things to bring up that revenue up from 800 to maybe like 16 or more. And I was thinking to myself, as I'm helping him with his personal finance, I was like, you know, I really could do this. I really could, because a lot of people are in debt. 76% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Uh, I, most Americans have credit card consumption debt that they don't know how to get out of. They're struggling, swimming in debt. Um, and that's something that I was thinking about. I was like, you know, it's a big business to really help them out and do uh, like personal finance or be like a financial advisor. And I'm like, maybe I could, you know, if I can get, I, I don't want to do anything yet, but I'm like, if I can get him out of debt uh, and actually physically give him good advice and really help him do it. And if he, basically tells me, yeah, I really appreciate you actually helped me here and I can keep him going. Then that's when I, you know, open it up and start maybe doing like financial advising for certain people that really need help. Now, the, the thing is like, you have to get people to trust you to do that because you're, you're showing me all your expense. You have to be honest in order for me to help you financially and get you out of the debt. Cause I need to know exactly how much debt you have. I need to be able to, you know, you can't be embarrassed. You got to show me and you got to be honest. So that way we can help you out. But I just thought about that. I'm like, hey, that's a good idea for extra revenue on the side. And I could even do that through Dundee Investments. This could be something I add on to Dundee Investments. So um, it's just something that I wanted to bring up as an update. But it's just really interesting. I was helping him with his debt. And I'm like, you know, I could, I could easily um, turn this into like a little side part of Dundee Investments and get some really smart people to help people out with like credit card debt. Because credit card debt's, you know, a big thing. And the number one debt is really college, you know, college debt, which I wouldn't even touch with a six foot pole to help people. Um, not cause I don't want to help people. It's just, it's, 
one of the worst debts you can get into, and it's it's uh, it's not easy to get out of that kind of debt. So that's why I wouldn't touch it. But credit card consumption is the easiest debt to get out of because as long as you're paying the banks, as they'll work with you because most people don't call them and work with you or work with them to pay off the debt. So as long as you call them, work out deals, they'll they'll pretty much take whatever you can basically give them until you can get more income. But that was the other thing I was telling. I was like, your problem really is your income. You have to go get a second job. I'm like, whether it's Ubering on the side until you pay off some of this debt or um, – you know, because he really needs a secure card. His credit's destroyed. And I'm like, the only way we can clear some of this debt is we have to go get a personal loan. So it's easier to pay off. It's And then I'm like, hey, you got to cut the other credit cards and use one credit card to build the credit up. But I'm like, what you uh, what you really need to do is go get a secured card. And I'm like, I think the limit, the minimum limit is 500. So you got to go get a second job, save up $500, put it down as a secured card, and start, you know, doing different things with it and building the credit up. When you get better credit, we can go get the personal loan and we can start working on the debt. But I'm like, it's one thing at a time. Now, the, and I told them flat up, uh, which most people don't like hearing, is it's going to take time. It's going to take time. It's, it's like working out. You don't work out at the gym one time and get ripped. You have to go and be consistent. You have to keep going and going and going. And maybe it takes a year for you finally to see one ad. Then maybe it takes two years to see maybe a couple more ads. Right, so it takes time, consistency, and time, and uh, he and that's the hard part. Is a lot of people have bad habits when it comes to spending. It's the habits you have to change, and that's the hardest thing for a lot of people because they've been doing it for you know their whole entire life. They've just been spending on a credit card, and then they move debt from the credit card into something else. So um, it's that's what you got to get better at is the habits. So, anyways, that's something that's really interesting that I wanted to bring up that I thought about as updates. Now, those are. All the updates I have for you now, I probably have more. I just can't think of anything on the spot, and we're at 30 minutes of updates. So what I'm going to do real quick is I'm going to go through the board and go through some of the stuff where uh, you can get more access to some of these shows, um, and at the same time, you can help support this show. So the first thing on here is our Podbean platform. This is our actual physical website, and it's goalsandupdates.podbean.com. Now, what I tr- what I do is... I film these live. So if you're joining this right now on Facebook, it's live. What I do is I download it and upload it to the as an MP3 format onto the website, and that transports it into Apple Podcast, which is another platform we're going to talk about in a minute. And what it also does is you can just type in the website, goalsandupdates.podbean.com, and listen to all the previous episodes for free. At the same time, you can even get the Podbean app and make it easier plug it into your CarPlay in your car and listen to these episodes as you're driving. So what I tried to do is I'm trying to make it so accessible to you that there's no excuse why you can't listen to any of the episodes uh, where it's, you can listen to it in your car, listen to it in your room, clean when you're cleaning your room, when you're cleaning your house, if you're doing anything. You can listen to, you can have a lot of access to my, my content. So that's what I'm trying to do. Now, the thing below that is Patreon support. Now this is, probably the most important thing I'm probably going to tell you uh, because I do all this stuff for free. All this stuff you see, the mic, the headphones, the board, uh, the to pay for the website, to pay for anything that is, excuse me, anything that is for this show, goals and updates, it comes to a cost out of my pocket, which it, you know, it should, but at the same time, I don't have a lot of money to generate the show. This is where 
this is where you would help me out or you'd help out the show in general to create better content, to be able to get more co-hosts on here, maybe market to go get more co-hosts and get interesting people on the show. That's a, that's a big thing, by the way, that I want to do. I want to get a lot more people that, people that don't really agree with me on this show. That's really what I would love to do is to get people that really aren't my friends, so-called, but random people that uh, maybe different on like finance with me or di different politically with me or just aren't on the same page. I love talking to people that are on the same page um, and we could do that. But at the same time, I really want different voices on this show because if we could do that, it makes the show interesting. It also kind of puts me into a position where I have to, I have to kind of be on my game, but they ch I like being challenged. And it also kind of shows you if I'm right or if I'm wrong, you know, you, then you can make a more judgmental um, approach to it or a more conclusive uh, conclusion to it. I don't know if that was a good sentence to use, but anyways, so that's patreon.com slash goals and updates. And right now we have a dollar membership. So what I say to people is it's less than a cup of coffee a month, right? Less than a cup. You have a dollar somewhere that you can give the show every single month. Trust me, there's a dollar that's probably sitting in your checking account uh, online that you could just give me a month. Now, <clears throat> now you're probably thinking to yourself, well, it's only a dollar. It's not going to really do much to the show. Yeah, but if I get 50 or maybe 100 people donating a dollar, it all adds up, and that's $100 or $50 of revenue every single month for the show to increase the show, uh, maybe hire people to maybe manage it, and we get, you know, get someone to run the show so I don't have to be late or uh, buy space. You know, that's a big thing is buy space. I don't have to do it in my room. Not, not that I don't think anything's wrong with my room, but, you know, it'd be nice to have my own space and uh, to do different things with the show and be able to market to different people and market and expand the show and grow it. So that's, that's what that is. Now, like I said, less than a cup of coffee every single month. And I'm going to work on getting a five and a $10 membership will have bonuses that'll give you a lot more bang for your buck. But right now, that's all I have right now is the dollar membership. Now, trust me, it's going to go a long way, a dollar. Now, the last thing that's on this board is Apple Podcasts. And this is what I was talking about before where when I update the episodes onto that Podbean above it, it goes automatically to Apple Podcasts. So, I mean, it's as easy as just if you have an iPhone, you take out your iPhone, you go to the Apple Podcast app, which everyone has it on any Apple product, and you just type in goals and updates, and the show will pop right up. It'll be like the first thing that pops up on there. Now, then we only have like 30 episodes on there. I'm working on, uh, you know, downloading more episodes. I have, I think right now, I think it is 30 that's on there, but I'm trying to, um, after this show, I'll probably try to upload at least 10 more episodes on there, get 40. I really want to try to get like 30 a week up there, but I'm trying to catch up. Like I said, I'm doing everything on my own. That's where if you uh, did the, you know, Patreon support, I might be able to hire someone to actually do that excuse me, for me, where I don't have to take the time and like, it takes a lot of time to download it from uh, Facebook and then put it into, um, I then have to like try to convert it into MP3 format and I have to upload it to Podbean. I mean, it sounds like three steps, but it's just a process of doing it. And then I have hundreds of episodes that I got to get through to do it. So it's not like I'm doing one episode at a time. It's hundreds of episodes I'm trying to get through to get you know caught up on there. So that's something to think about too. If you don't want to go onto our website, you can go on Apple Podcasts and it's about the same thing as the Podbean website. It's just obviously, uh, it's, it's Apple. So you have to have an iPhone or an Apple product to get onto the Apple Podcast. 
But um, if you have Android, like I said, you can go to goalsandupdates.podbean.com. Now, I'm going to go into these two topics real quick. Now, what I do is with the topics that I go and I tell you about the topic, I give you some uh, input on it, and I kind of give you some examples that I can give you from my own life. So the first topic we're talking about is believe the impossible. Now, this one, I don't know if a lot of people really do talk about this. I, if they do, I don't really hear it often, but I hear a lot of people go, oh, or at least I hear a lot of people say, like, uh, if there's a goal or something happens, they go, well, that's impossible. I can't do that. Um, what I would say is how I got this topic was I was thinking to myself, you know, a lot of the things that I'm doing right now I thought were impossible maybe back when I thought about it or maybe back when I did it, which I'll give you some examples in a minute. But um, I went through it and I accomplished certain things, which proved to me that, damn, I really could do the impossible. Uh, some of this stuff would be working out. Uh, the, another example I'm going to give you is uh, goals and updates. And another thing would be public speaking. So let me go ahead and do those three for you. The first one I said is the gym. Now, I um, never really went to the gym when I was really young. I kind of, I kind of like go here and there. I never really was consistent or steady. Didn't really think it was that important at the time because you know when you're young, you're more concerned about other things besides working out, nutrition, and all that stuff. But what I was thinking to myself was, you know, I, I would see some of these people at the gym when I'd go, and they're they're jacked up. They're you know, they have uh, great biceps and they have legs and they have, uh, you know, they have basically everything that you would want uh, if you could choose the body, you know, if you could just literally click and choose the body that you wanted, uh, it would look probably something like that, right? Like it'd be like the perfect body that you would want, like chiseled abs, uh, you know, uh, massive biceps that just look perfect, um, perfect legs where, you know, they're not massive, but they're not small, they're muscular, right? But what I was telling myself all the time is like, it's impossible to get there. I can't get there. But what I started to see was when I started consistently going to the gym and I started to do more cardio and I started to do more lifting and started, I'd go with my one friend and he'd kind of convinced me to lift a little bit more heavy. And I didn't think it was possible to lift. Uh, it was, I can't, I don't know what the actual workout's called, but it's basically a chest workout and I was using free weights. And at the time, I was kind of restricted to, like, 35s. And for a while, he's like, dude, like, you kind of do the 35s like it's nothing. He's like, I'm telling you, you could definitely do, like, you definitely should try 45, close to 50. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, are you crazy? I can't do 45 uh, free weights on this. And what happened was I kind of went, I believe I went to, like, 25, then 35. And then the last set, I did 45. And I did it. And I was like, I was like, holy shit. I was like, I was like, oh my God, I, I actually did it. <laughs> I did 45 on this. And, but what it proved to me that I was kind of contradicting myself where I was limiting myself to 35 weights, but he was telling me I could do 45s, right? And he just pushed me. I did the 45 and I'm like, if I underestimated the 35 and I could really do 45, you know, what, you know, what else am I underestimating myself at? And that was something where um, that was something that kind of changed for me because I didn't, I didn't really, uh, I wasn't really thinking like that. I wasn't thinking like, oh, maybe I should up the weights or maybe I should try to push myself and do this. I was kind of just kind of going at a steady pace in the 35s. 
But working out is the big one for this one because a lot of people don't think – a lot of people that are overweight don't think they can be skinny. Or a lot of people that are, um, you know, maybe borderline kind of fat or maybe borderline really skinny and they don't have any muscle don't think they can gain the muscle. So – or vice versa or uh, whatnot. But a lot of us contradict and we don't, we don't believe in the impossible. We just say it's impossible. But if you can believe in the impossible and you can get to the impossible and actually achieve it, nothing's impossible. That's, that's why I say believe in the impossible because most people are not going to believe in the impossible. They're going to run the other way. They're going to say it's impossible. They're going to drop the weights and they're going to leave the gym and they're not going to try. They're going to quit on themselves. And that's, and that's why believing in the possible is so important. Now, the next one I'm going to give you is goals and updates. Now, when I, when I originally thought about podcasting, I, I didn't really have all it mapped out. I remember I used to watch a lot of uh, Joe Rogan, a lot of uh, Ben Shapiro, a lot of Steven Crowder, and I'd occasionally bump into other sources here and there. But I remember listening to podcast. Oh, Grant Cardone with the Cardone Zone was a big one. I still listen to the Cardone Zone. But uh, just I was just listening to them do different things. Like obviously some of them were politics, some of them were finance and money and business and sales. Uh, others were just random topics. Joe Rogan is always kind of in random spaces. It's not in one, you know, one, uh, one subject. It's normally all over the place. It's got different people on a show, but I was thinking to myself, um, you know, that's really what I want to do. And I was doing a little bit of public speaking, which is the other one I'll talk to you in a second about, but I was doing a little bit of public speaking and I was thinking to myself, the best way to put myself on the spot and really get good at public speaking, which would be practice, you know, twice, twice a week, really three times a week, because I'm doing the physical public speaking, and I'm doing two episodes a week. But um, I was like, I really should start doing a podcast. And I was like, it's kind of inexpensive. I really would have good advice to really give a lot of people just because I'm very observant. I've, uh, di- you know, dive, I dive deep into different subjects. And I'm like, I, I really help a lot of people in different ways. And especially with the mindset, because no one talks about the mindset. A lot of people, excuse me, just talk about being positive, but no one really talks to you and trains you on how to get there. And no one talks about hard subjects. I mean, some of the subjects I talk about are very controversial, but uh, I'm, in a, I'm at a point where I just don't care. I mean, I've, I've, been, uh, I've been knocked down hundreds and hundreds of times with, uh, you know, silly things where people kind of try to punch back. And I kind of have to punch harder. I kind of have to punch, you know, phys- you know, obviously I'm not physically punching them, but I just mean like mentally being tough where someone's literally trying to rip you and, and devour basically who you are and you're trying to fight back with uh, mental toughness. So uh, I kind of thought to myself, you know, and, and I see with a lot of people because I come across a lot of people my age that have a lot of depression. And like I said in a bunch of other episodes, I've been there before. I, I've been to the rock bottom or the lowest of the low for myself, and uh, it's not a, a fun place, and I definitely don't want to go back there. So what I've been trying to do for like the last five five years is really what I really – or maybe five or four years where I've really tried to enforce it, but eight years ago is where I started to kind of figure out I needed a different mindset. Um, but the last five years, I'd, I'd have to say, is where I really – when I hit rock bottom is where I was like, damn, I, really, I got to figure this out. I got to figure out who this, who I am, who Tyler Joseph Dunn is. I got to figure out this person. So I, um, you know, and that's when I kind of came up with like, all right, 
a podcast, what kind of podcast can I create? Because I knew I wanted to do a podcast. What kind of podcast can I create? Thought about goals and updates. It just kind of hit me because at the time, I, I didn't. Really, I don't even think I had goals and updates as a title. I just thought to myself, the best thing I could do, I remember hearing a, a video before and they were like, it was, um, I'm trying to think of the person who it was, but listening to the one person and he was saying like, you know, like the coolest podcast, and this is like a billionaire talking or, or he's worth like $600 million. But he, he was saying like, you know, the coolest podcasts that I hear that are very unique and different are the ones where people are, are showing that they're trying to commit to something and they're trying to improve themselves and their lives. And it's almost like updates and stuff like that of their lives. And I said to myself, you know, I'd be a kind of a cool name, Goals and Updates, because what I was originally doing in the first episode when I started was I was listing out goals and I was kind of updating people on how I was trying to achieve those goals and how I was trying to do things. And that's where the Goals and Updates title kind of came into place. And what I was thinking about was, uh, you know, as I started doing more of the episodes, it all kind of came together. But I never imagined getting to like 115 episodes. You know, I mean, I tell people that all the time. I tell my one friend and they know I'm doing episode after episode after episode. I mean, I've even asked my one friend if he could, you know, kind of I could pay him and he could upload the episodes for me. I was trying to work a deal out with him. And he and he was like, he's like, what episode are you on, by the way? I'm like 115 or, you know, well, now I'm on 115. But at the time, I'm like 110 or something. And he was like, wow, yo, he's like, I can't even believe that. He's like 110. I remember I had Fabrizio on this show and I was talking to him and, and he was like, yeah, I tell people all the time that you're doing this podcast. And he's like, I tell him you're on like, at the time then it was like 72 or 80. And he was like, I tell people that you're on like, you know, 70 episodes or 82 episodes. And he's like, dude, like it blows my mind that you're even this far with the episodes. And like, you put this much content out and he's like, it just shows that you're dedicated. I mean, I've had people before uh, that I used to work with an ex coworker that did podcast and that really got me into this where he was like, dude, you're consistent. He's like, I always see you on there. Uh, he's like, you're, I, he's like, I give you props, man. What's up? Uh, I think it's uh, Andrew. I can't see it, but uh, yeah. What's up, Andrew? But, uh, but he's like, dude, you're so consistent. He's like, I, I just see you on there all the time. And he's like, you're on like episode 115. And before I saw you at like 10, and he's like, you're just really consistent. But um, when I was thinking to myself, like, you know, I never, I would never have, have dreamed of getting to episode 115. I thought it was impossible. You know, I, you know, now I'm looking at it like, oh, like, oh man, I got to 100 episodes. I could probably get to like three or 500 episodes, right? So now what happened was I got to the 100, the impossible part. And now I'm like, okay, now I could probably go to three or 500. See how like it changed. Now my impossible went from one impossible to the next impossible. So that's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm kind of trying to get you at uh, thinking where like, you got to believe in the impossible. And I say this all the time to someone where uh, I was in a car, I'm going to go to this one, maybe not the public speaking one, because public speaking kind of relates to this. But um, I, um, what I was going to tell you was, I was in a car one time, or I normally do this with everyone that I drive with in a car or talk to, but I got a question from a one friend. Uh, actually for my friend's cousin, like his little cousin. And he was like talking to me about, I don't remember exactly what he was talking to me about, to be honest, but he was asking me something about, um, something about being wealthy or something. It was something that was like, most people would have said, yeah, it's pretty impossible to reach. But what I told him was, yeah, I could, I could see that. Like he was telling me something like, uh, damn, I can't remember exactly what it was. Man. 
I think you're saying like so, uh, someone makes like like five million dollars doing something. Like he was trying to tell me someone made money doing something, and I was like, yeah, I could believe that. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, yeah, I definitely can can believe that. I was like, anything's possible. And he's like, oh, I never really thought about that. But the point that I was trying to make to him is the reason I'm saying like when someone tells me something and it's something that the average person would be like, yeah, I really can't believe that. I don't say that. I go, yeah, I can believe that. Anything's possible. That's what I tell everyone. And the reason I do that is because I'm reinforcing to myself like, if that person can do that, then there's nothing that's impossible, right? I, I believe in the impossible. I, I believe I can get there. If I can't believe in the impossible, then what the hell am I doing? Why, like, why even try if I, if I don't think it's possible to get there? Uh, the best example I can give you, which, you know, uh, you know, most people probably hate that I bring this up, and I might even do a speech on this, but at <laughs> Toastmasters. But uh, the, the most famous person or the, the, I guess the most famous case I can give you where uh, everyone didn't believe in the impossible, but he did was Donald J. Trump. And the reason I, you know, the reason I bring that up is because everyone said he wasn't going to do it. The media, uh, even people that are probably really close to him that he thought were his really good friends that even turned on him and said, yeah, he's not going to be able to do it. He's a moron. He's not going to be able to do that. Um, but guess what? He's the 45th president of the United States of America. And that's crazy. That blows my mind because when, when he became president and he beat Hillary Clinton, I thought to myself, uh, I was like, dude, anything's possible. I'm a believer that anything is possible now because everyone I talked to said he's not going to win. Uh, everyone that I talked to didn't want him to win. Um, uh, and, may, and some people did obviously want him to win that I talked to or they changed their mind after he won or something. But um, – and I said, I, you know, I didn't know if he was going to win. I said, you know, the odds are against him. The odds are really stacked against this guy. When I was, when I was telling people about him um, during when I, was, when I, you know, I talked to someone about politics at the time before he got elected at the elections. And I was like, I was like, the deck is definitely stacked against this guy. If this guy wins, it's going to be a miracle because I'm like, the deck is stacked against, or the deck, the deck, I don't know what the hell I was doing there. The deck is stacked against him. But I'm like, anything's possible. Of course, he can win the president's the presidency. So I'm like, anything's possible. Even back then, I was kind of saying, even though I kind of maybe didn't really like, even though it was probably still hard for me to believe that stuff. But anyways, the the point being is that you have to believe in the impossible. If you're not going to believe in the impossible, you might as well quit because you're not going to get anywhere because everything seems impossible until you achieve it, until you get there, until you make it. I mean, I've seen it hands down over and over and over in my life, over and over. I get into, you know, I, something happens and it gets me into debt. And I, like the contract, what I was telling you guys in the update, uh, I, got, I got locked into that contract. I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to pay, you know, thousands of thousands of dollars to this agency? I'm like, I can't make these payments, right? And I, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And then my negative thinking turned to deposit. Oh, I'm just going to call. I'm going to call them and work out a deal with them and tell them that I can't make these payments, but I'm going to work to pay them or pay the debt off. Whatever I have to do to pay the debt off, I'm going to work on doing. C call them, call the accountant lady, work out a deal with her, and guess what? A year later, I'm about to clear that debt. Same thing when I told them my car. I got into a really bad car accident. Right? Got I mean, stories can go on and on and on about things that I thought were impossible. I never thought I'd get a college degree. You're looking at a college graduate. 
I didn't think I was going to get a college degree. I thought, I, you know, in the beginning, I didn't think I was going to go um, even to college. I didn't think I was even going to attempt it. And guess what? Everyone, every odd stacked against me, and I got the two-year uh, AA degree. So, like I said, anything is possible. I believe that that I believe in the impossible. So, believe the impossible that it's achievable, that you can do it, and trust me, you'll see what I'm talking about within your life. Set some set some goals that you think are impossible. You'll hit them and be like, "Damn, I've been underestimating myself this whole entire time. I could do way more than what I thought I could do." Uh, and that's just, I mean, that's just honestly me being 100% honest with you. Now, we're going to go into the second topic, which is kill them with kindness. Now, I came up with this one because uh, a lot, uh, about maybe a month ago, maybe even three weeks ago, I, um, my one friend who I consider family, like I said, I don't make friends, I create family, right? I don't, I don't make friends, I create family. Pretty, It's pretty powerful stuff. I don't create friends, I create families. Or I don't make friends, I create family. But anyways, uh, just a little, uh, little, you know, a little uh, extra pun there, or uh, extra little uh, quote there. But my one friend who I consider family, uh, she posts Sunday blessings, and she wrote something about killing them with kindness. Or um, actually, I don't even think she said kill them with kindness. She was saying, if I... kind of forgot what she was talking. She was basically just saying if, um, if you're kind to people, it kind of kills the negativity or it kind of kills angry people. Like if you're nice to an angry person, you're going to cut through that anger and eventually get to them being kind, or you're going to, you're going to basically kill the anger or bitterness, uh, with kindness. And kindness is the most powerful, most potent thing you could possibly do to someone that's very negative or very destructive with their behavior. It's, it's killing them with kindness. But the first time I learned about killing them with kindness was from one of my very, very close friends that is not, I really shouldn't say friend, I should say family member. But what he taught me was, uh, I met him a long time ago, 10 years ago. I, I hope he sees this episode because this would be a, this would be actually a really cool one for him to see. But, um, I uh, met him at my first job, all right? I'm going to kind of walk you through this a little bit. First ever job. Here's your example. First ever job, I go into a um, – I go into an – I work for an ice skating rink as a cashier, right? My first ever job, high school job. First job, didn't know what to expect, didn't know anything. I meet the cook whose name is Jimmy. You know, tw- you know 12, 10 years later, uh, probably one of my closest, dearest friends, all right, 10 years later, from working on an ice skating rink, he was the cook, I was the cashier. That's how we met. He was the first person, maybe the second person I met at the ice skating rink on my first day at the job. And he told me, and he's like, hey, man, don't worry about it. He's like, I'm going to take you under my wing. He's like, you're going to be golden. Because he probably could tell I was nervous. It was my first ever job. Didn't really know what to expect. And, uh, and he was like, don't worry, man. He's like, I got your back. He's like, we're going to be really good friends. He's like, I got you. And I just remember, um, you know, fast forward, maybe a year later, maybe even like, maybe a little bit less than that, maybe like five or seven months later, I was having problems because what happened is they would recycle the same people, the same people at the ice skating rink. It would be the same. They're all wealthy. They don't really care. They're just dropping money. Uh, They get their kids whatever they want. They don't really care. They're just dropping the money. And uh, most of them were just very angry, mad individuals. And I never understood it. They had all this money. And I couldn't understand it when I was working there. I never understood it. 
and uh, they would just be pissed, and they would just, like, you could be the nicest person to them, and they would just belitter you, or, uh, like, belitter, or I think that's the proper word. they just basically make you feel so small. Like you're meaningless, like you're you're a nobody, and it was it's it was very it was a difficult position to to work there just because of that environment. And what would happen is I'd get pit, you know I'd I'd be nice, they'd leave, I get pissed, I go back and I'd vent to my friend Jimmy the cook, and I'd vent back there and I'd be like you know I don't understand like why these people are so mean like well you know I'm just I'm playing the victim card by the way you know at the time I didn't understand all that stuff, but I'm playing the victim card and I'm like. You know, it's, it's so stupid. I don't understand why they're so mad. I'm like, they have all this money. They should be happy. Like some of us don't even have money. Some of us have to work and these people don't even work. I'm like, these are stay at home moms that don't work. They just get everything handed to them. And he, and he basically, uh, he told me, he's like, listen, man, kill them with kindness. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? And I'm like, what do you mean kill them with kindness? And he's like, he's like, he's like, listen, man, he's like the most potent thing you could do to them. It's just be brutally nice to them. And he's like, you'll cut through everything and uh, you might even change their attitude, but at the same time, you're being, a be- you're being a better person. And that's the whole thing is like, you're being a better person as they're treating you like crap. And he's like, and it's like, the, and he's like, it's the best thing because as you're treating them with kindness, you're treating them like a valued customer and they're belittering you and they're treating you like dirt on the ground. Uh, you're going to feel more satisfied and, and you're going to get the gratitude and they're going to still feel like crap, but you're going to feel really good about yourself. He's like, trust me. I go, okay. And so I tried it on like five, maybe 10 people that came through and were like really mean to me. And I just kill, I, 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 I you know, I have the little motto in my head. I'm like, kill them with kindness, kill them with kindness. And I just, you know, the person would be like, would come up, he'd be like, give me a cup of coffee. And I'd be like, all right, you want a small, you want a small or large? And he's like, large. And I'd be like, all right. I go and get I I'd go and get the coffee. I'd bring it back. Like, all right, it's gonna be uh, two seventy five for that cup of coffee. And I'm and uh, how would you like to pay that cash card? And he'd be like, you give me the cash. I'd be like, uh, and I'd just be like, you know what, sir? I'd be like, I appreciate your business so much. You come here all the time. I see you all the time. You come and get you know you get the large cup of coffee all the time. Um, and I just really really appreciate uh, you you know supplying us business. And I just have a, you know, I just want to let you know, have a great rest of your day and kill him with kindness. And the guy would look at me, you know, he'd have like a really like grin, grin face on. And then when I said that he'd smile and he'd it'd almost like uplift him and change him as an individual, as I said it. And I just realized that he was right. Uh, and what I would learn later on is the reason you kill him with kindness, by the way, which I don't think my friend Jimmy really knew. I, I, I don't think he really knew. He probably heard it somewhere or he was trying to use it himself to implement it. But the reason you kill him with kindness, like the real reason you're doing that is because if I'm very angry, if let's say the customer is angry and he's giving me confrontation and I go and I start using more confrontation with him because now I'm pissed and angry because he's treating me like shit and I'm going, you know, I'm going back and forth with him with, uh, you know, terrible words and I'm being really mean to him. I'm trying to give him back and I'm trying to get him with revenge confrontation only confrontation merged with confrontation only leads with more confrontation. Uh, It doesn't solve the problem. It makes everything worse. You're killing them with kindness. You're being nice to that person because you're basically cutting through it. And if you basically are nice to them as they're being mean to you and they're, you know, blittering you, you're getting the upper hand. You're basically stopping the confrontation with, uh, with, you know, pleasant, you know, being nice. 
And that's really what he didn't tell me. I realized that later on as I would carry on that slogan or motto, kill him with kindness, I, I later on realized that's how I got my way most of the time. The, and I'll give you a really good example, and it'd be funny if Jonathan comes on it because then Jonathan's going to realize that I, I have the strategy on him. But uh, the, the funniest thing is, uh, I, you know, I have um, – it's his brother, uh, Jonathan. But uh, it, it's so funny. Uh, what he would do is he, uh, he jokes a lot. He jokes a lot, but what he does is he's always in this, like, ugh, like this mean – he always seems like he's tough, right? He, he puts on, like, a, a tough attitude. And then what he does is like he tries to trick you and so he'll say something to you and I'll use like this uh, very angry face like he's mad at you and I'll just, uh, I'll use, you know, I won't use the phrase but I'll I'll basically kill him with kindness and I'll be like, yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. I totally get it, man. Like I, I would be in the same position as you and I would smile and I just laugh at him and smile. And my laughing and smiling at him will then make him smile back at me. And, and, he'll, and, and it'll just change the whole entire dialogue or the whole entire uh, confrontation that he's kind of creating a little bit, a little bit of tension. But it's so funny because I do it all the time and he just laughs. And it works every single time. And the, and the reason it's working is because I'm not, meet, I'm not meeting him at the door with confrontation. I'm actually, I'm actually cutting through the door, opening the door with uh, being nice killing him with kindness. That's what I'm doing. Um, I'll give you another example since I gave you one. I normally give you like two or three, but the second one I can give you is like on phone calls. Now I do a lot of cold calling with this company that I'm at right now and eventually going to be doing a lot more cold calling, probably dealing with people telling me to go F myself and stuff. But um, I, I normally get a customer that's pissed, right? I do a complaint and I have to call this customer, let them know that I received the mail-in documentation. It's being routed. We're, we're handling the complaint. We'll get back to you, right? But most of the time when you call these customers on a complaint, they're already irritated or pissed off. They don't really want to talk to you. Or if they talk to you, they want to vent to you. So what would happen is call the customer, introduce myself. Hey, this is Tyler with Centrum Services, blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, you know, I'm calling you just to let you know I received the mailed-in document for your complaint. I just want to let you know I'm routing it. And then they'd be like, as soon as they hear a complaint, they'll start venting. And they'll be like, yeah, I don't understand why you guys are doing this. Uh, about, right, they're using confrontation. They're very confrontational. And all I'll do is, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. And trust me, if I was in your shoes, I'd really, I'd be really pissed off too and not really happy and unpleasant. Um, but, you know, I'm just letting you know, I, you know, the reason for my call is not that I'm going to, you know, take care of the complaint. It's really just to let you know that I received it and that I'm sending it to the appropriate department for it to be handled. And they'll reach out to you and we'll take care of it. And that's what I'm contacting you about is to show you that, you know, we received it and that we're taking care of it. And we're not just blowing you off or anything like that. And their attitude will change because now instead of them thinking that I'm going to, you know, screw them over and not really help them, they go, oh, okay. He said he's going to do X, Y, and Z. He's contacted me because he received it. It seems like he's pretty enthusiastic about helping me. It doesn't seem like he's pissed. He's not giving me confrontation. He's not fighting me. Okay, and their attitude changes, and they go, okay, I definitely appreciate that, uh, and then we move on to the conversation, and so, you know, sometimes a little bit more pleasant. Other times, you know, it doesn't always work depending on how angry the person is, but I'd say 90% of the time I change, um, I change the person's voice or tone just by doing that, just by killing them with kindness. And 
I will say out of out of both of these, uh, the believing believing the impossible is obviously extremely important. Um, but kill kill them with kindness is probably a little bit more important, only for the fact that most people do not kill people with kindness. Most people meet them at the door with conflict. Oh, you're attacking me, right? Because people, the, the problem that you don't like, a lot of people don't understand is we're very confrontational individuals. Uh, if if even though, like, like for instance, uh, the person's complaining about cinch, and, and even though I work for cinch, it's not something that I did. They're complaining to me, and they're venting, and they're kind of they're kind of trying to belittle, belittle, uh, belitter, belittle, whatever you want to say that word. They want to devour me, or like, kind of make me feel small, right? And you you tend to take it personal at first. You have to fight that urge, and then kill them with kindness kind of what happens at first I, I it hits a nerve and i just let it go and then i hit him with the i hit him with the kill him with kindness part i hit i hit him with kindness and it, it, i'm telling you it works 90 percent of the time not, normally how i get my way with people too is okay you want this i'm gonna do that for you and i totally understand you definitely should get that that's that you know you're 100 right that's exactly what we should be doing i'm definitely gonna give you that i just need this in return if i do that for you Oh, okay. I could definitely do that. If you give me that, I definitely can give you this, right? And that's all it is. That's all. That's really all negotiating is. Negotiating is just basically going, "Hey, you want X, Y, and Z to help solve your problem? I can do that, but then I need something in return from you in order to do that." And that's that's all it is. It's all negotiating is. But um, and I and I, you know, I learned that really young. I was lucky because he told me that, and it's and I, I made it stick. I made it stick because I told, I remember like I used it at the ice skating rink and I was like, Oh my God, like this is a lifesaver. Guarantee you no one's going to use this. I'm going to implement this into my life. And that's what I ended up doing. I implemented kill him with kindness, that term. And I still tell him sometimes too, I'm like, Hey man, kill him with kindness. And like, he'll look at me and I'll be like, damn, yo, you still remember that? <laughs> They're like, damn, yo, you still remember that? It was like seven, eight years ago, maybe even 10. And he's, it, but like I said, kill him with kindness. That's a pretty good example for you as well. I, um, you know, I'd probably go into more examples. I do want to move on to done deal investments. So that is the topic, kill them with kindness. We're going to go into done deal investments and we'll wrap it up. So for anyone that doesn't know, my name is Tyler Dunn. I own a company called done deal investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. That business is, is a real estate business. It's designed to take a distressed seller, anyone that financially can't sustain their property financially, put it into co a contract and give it to an investor that can basically flip the property and uh, they'll make a little bit of profit on it, but it's really to help the person that's in the financial struggle uh, with the debt of the property. Now, <clears throat> what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to go over the three steps that I call the three steps of financial freedom. Uh, before I do that, I'm going to tell you some examples of uh, things that we can help you out with Dundee Investments where we can get you out of that financial situation that if you know anyone, if you're going through it yourself, or maybe uh, someone just comes up to you and goes, hey, I have this issue. I don't really know what to do with it. You can refer them to Dundee Investments and you'll know that we can 110% help them out. So some real quick examples would be uh, pre-foreclosure. All that means is that you're behind on your payments and most of the time a property is under contract with a mortgage, which is linked to a bank most likely or a lender of some sort. It's most likely a bank with a mortgage. 
Now, what normally happens is sometimes you get financially overwhelmed and you can't keep up with the mortgage, you fall behind. After about like the third payment that you fall behind, the bank is legally able to repossess that property and you lose all your money tied into that property and the bank basically collected all that cash from you for free. Now they can flip the property and make all this money again off the property. So um, it's something that, you know, obviously I don't think anyone really wishes upon anyone, but at the same time, like the bank is, is a big winner on, on, a, on a foreclosure. So they probably really don't care about really helping you get out of it. Um, and they're not going to give you more money to get out of it because they already gave you the mortgage. So they're not going to give you more money. So you're kind of, a lot of those people are trapped. They feel trapped. So what Dundee Investments can do is literally go in there, uh, pay off the debt, or even what we can even do is just put it under contract, give it to an investor, and the investor can basically uh, pay off the remaining debt on that property and then take it over and do whatever they want with it. Flip it, sell it, rent it, whatever they want to do, and we'll get you out of the financial situation as well as then Done Deal Investments will help you get another property. So that's one example. The other one would be liens, which is pretty common, where the city goes around in a car and they basically give you a, uh, a lien for overgrown grass, uh, too much trash. Um, your roof is extremely dirty. Uh, things are falling apart and it's not up to code. Anything that's not up to code on the city, the city will actually give you a lien. What happens is most people don't know this, but uh, every single day it accumulates interest. So anytime you don't pay that lien offer uh, or don't really keep up with the lien, they start tacking on a bunch of interest and eventually, you know, maybe a five, maybe a $400 lien turns into like $15, $2,000 lien. So if you couldn't pay the 500 originally, you definitely probably can't pay the two grand or the 1500 and it stacks up really fast. So this is something that Dundee Investments can also help out with. Uh, the next one to be a job transfer. This one's a little bit, uh, this one's kind of common. I wouldn't say as common as probably the other two I gave you, but uh, it does happen a lot where you might find opportunity in a different city, a different state, maybe out of the country, and you have to sell that property as fast as you can. The, the person that hired you on the other job wants you to start working there in the next two weeks, maybe even the next week. And you know if you go through a real estate agent, they're not going to be able to sell it really fast. It only takes about maybe three Three weeks maybe, then that's like pushing it, maybe three weeks, but most of them are probably about a month and a half, maybe longer to sell it on the market and get full market value for your property. It, you know, that's what tends to happen. So maybe you don't have that, you know, that amount of time to sell the property. Done deal investments would come in. We'd sell it instantly through an investor and we'd be able to do it in about seven days or less, depending on uh, who we find. But um, we'd be able to sell it a lot, a lot quicker. So that's something you're going to want to do for job transfers. The other one would be if you inherited a property, which would be, um, you know, maybe a loved one passes away. Most of the time it's an elderly person that just died from natural causes. And what happens is the elderly person doesn't really take care of the property. So everything's kind of outdated. Uh, you're not, uh, you might not really care to like sell it yourself or have a uh, real estate agent sell it. So you just want to make a quick, you know, a quick profit off it, just sell it really quick and make a profit. That's where done deal investments come into place. And we would sell it as is, by the way, we wouldn't, um, we wouldn't expect you to upgrade anything. We would just basically buy it for the base value and, and give it to an investor. Now, uh, the next one would be a divorce and people never understand why I talk about this one, but we're living in a, uh, a century where 
Divorce is almost at a 50-50 rate. It's very common for divorces in the United States of America. And at least in Florida, where my business is, Dundee Investments, in Broward County or in Florida in general, it's, it's a, a 50-50 state, meaning that everything needs to be split in half almost. So it's kind of hard because you obviously can't, you know, you can't put, you can't split a property in half, but you can sell it and split the, the profit of selling that property in half. So that's basically what would happen is with Dundee Investments, you would sell it really quick. Instead of going through a real estate agent, dragging on the process, uh, the home is probably obviously a big asset that you're trying to sell within the legal process of the divorce. And what we would do, excuse me, what we would do is we would sell it really quick and you would just split, excuse me, you would just split the profits 50-50 down the middle and you both would walk away and it would be, you know, it's going to be the easiest sale you ever, ever did in your whole entire life out of something that would be extremely complex if you did it through a real estate agent. Now, the last one I do want to do want to talk about, and there could be many other different scenarios where you would want to use Dundee Investments, but this one is uh, one that's pretty common. Maybe you just don't want to deal with a real estate agent. Now, uh, the real estate agent market is very saturated with real estate agents. A lot of them uh, don't really get the job done. Uh, I've had a couple issues with uh, with my mom where she was trying to do a couple things where she's selling with a real estate agent. The person didn't really show up to, to do the open houses. Uh, that's a that's one thing too is uh, you have to take time off from work, do a bunch of basically free up a lot of time to do the open houses, make sure the real estate agent can get in your house, do all this stuff. With Dundee Investments, we don't do any of that. We just take ten pictures from five inside, five out, so ten pictures in total. And we just go and we already have preset investors that want to buy the property. And if we don't, we just cold call and there's more buyers than sellers in this market. So it's very easy to find an investor that wants to buy the deal or the property. And then we just put it under contract and give them the deal. Um, so that's something that you want to consider. The other thing is commission, which is a big thing. Real estate agents, they're going to charge you about a 6% or higher interest rate on the over the total or overall profit that they basically gave you. So you're losing a lot of money on the back end through the commission, but with Dundee Investments, we don't charge any commission. All we do is we uh, basically get a commission fee from the investor. So that's the other interesting part that a lot of people don't know is Dundee Investments doesn't charge the seller anything. We just put it on the, we basically give it to the investor and then the investor pays Dundee Investments to a finder's fee. So, cause we're giving them the deal and they're going to make money off the deal. So they're going to pay Dundee Investments for that which is pretty interesting. Now, what I'm gonna do is go into the three steps that I call the three steps to financial freedom. So this is how you know how to basically sell your property with Dundee Investments. The first step is you have to contact Dundee Investments. There's no way I would you know, know that you have to sell the property or get rid of it or get out of some type of financial, uh, financial situation where you gotta sell it quick without me knowing that you need the help. So, the best ways to do that is obviously go to our website at www.dundealinvestment.com and just fill out a form. I'll get back to you. You can call me at 954-857-6450, uh, which I recommend doing because I have to ask you some basic questions. And then from you could text that number. You could send us an email at www.dundealinvestments at outlook.com or you could... Go on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. So you could iMessenger uh, us on our Facebook page, which I believe is Dundeal Investments. I don't think it's LLC on there. I think it's Dundeal Investments. 
but that's, you know, plenty of ways you can reach out. And uh, like I said, I recommend doing a phone call. Now, if I don't answer, I'm still working out the warranty company. So I can't answer every single phone call that comes in. I can't really use my phone there. Leave a detailed voice message and why you're calling, what, what you need help with. And I'll give you a call back as soon as I get out of work or as soon as I, you know, have the time to give you a call back. Just leave the voicemail. Now, what, um, so that's, that's basically the first step, but to get, you know, to get kind of through the first step, what I'm basically going to do is ask you some very minor questions and I'm just going to ask you the condition of your property and what kind of financial situation you need to get out of and very, very basic questions. They're not hard, tricky questions, just basic questions. So I understand kind of what I have to do with Dundee Investments to get you out of that property and, you know, create a satisfying deal for your, for you, the, the client. So that's what I'm going to be asking. Now, the second step is going to be what I call um, basically a, a walkthrough of your property. I got to set up an appointment with you to go to your property, take five pictures inside and five pictures outside the property. And this is what's going to speed up the process because what I'm going to do is take those pictures. I'm going to go and do a walkthrough of your property and go, okay, I need to fix the driveway. I need to fix the roof. I need to, anything that's a cost to the investor, I need to jot down so the investor knows that, you know, this is going to cost some money. This, you know, we're going to have to fix this, fix X, Y, and Z in order to make a profit on, on the property. Now, from this point, what's going to happen is I'm going to go and find an investor to put on your deal. So I'm going to then send the pictures, I'm going to send the estimates, and I'm going to try to find you an investor that basically wants to be put on this deal. And if I can't find one on my list, I'm going to then find someone by cold calling different types of uh, investors or buyers. And that's something that you don't have to worry about, obviously. That's something that Dundee Investments myself does. So you don't have to worry about that. Now, the last step would be step three, which would be basically we have to negotiate the deal. And what I mean by that is I would have to negotiate with you, the seller, meaning we have to agree on the price. We have to basically agree on the terms, on what you need, anything else after the deal, after I get you out of the, the financial situation. Um, anything you need, basically, invest, um, not investors, I'm sorry, home inspectors, real estate agents, uh, financing, anything that you would need as a uh, home buyer to get into another property, I would be responsible to try to help you get those resources. Now, it would all be third-party resources, so if you did have your own, you could use that. But if you did need something through Dundee Investments, I do have connections that I could give you. Um, just understand it's not going to be direct contact with Dundee Investments to the next property. It's going to be like third parties uh, or other people I know personally or I know that are going to help you out through those, those different things or resources that you need because I don't have those resources under Dundee Investments yet. Now, uh, from this part, once we agree on the price, and real quick, just so you understand where I'm getting the price from, it's going to be basically the market value of that price and mint condition deducted from the expenses of the investor, from whatever expenses or cost of that ex uh, investor has to put into the deal or to fix up the property. And at the bottom of that is where we're going to negotiate on the price. Once we agree on everything, the seller will sign the contract. I will sign it for done deal investments. And then the investor will sign onto the contract as well. And from this point, the deal is basically done. It's a done deal at this point. What's going to happen is um, the investor is going to take ownership of the property. He's going to flip it, do whatever he wants with it, sell it for a profit on the market, or he's going to rent it, whatever he wants to do. 
the seller is then going to be able to get out of the financial situation, be debt free from that property, and then be able to move into another property where done deal investments will assist them further. Now, how done deal investments will get paid, which is very interesting to most people, and I, I even get questioned on real estate agents. I don't understand how this works, which I never understood. But they, um, what would happen is the seller doesn't pay us, the investor will pay us. So the investor will basically give done deal investments a commission fee, what we call a, a finder's fee, and that's because we're locking up the contract or the deal under a contract and giving them the full rights to the deal and they're making the profit off the deal. So they're going to give us a portion of the profit. That's how that works. Now, that's the whole entire three-step or the three-step process to financial freedom. The examples I gave you, how the price works, basically how everything works down to a T, and that's done deal investments and how that business works. I really want to expand it. I'm just going to give you a little bit of insight. We'll wrap this up after. But I just what I really want to do is be able to give more um, more resources to home buyers, but also for, uh, for sellers, like people that want to sell. So I want to put finance, I want to get real estate agents, I want to get uh, home inspections. I want to just add a bunch of different elements onto it to make the home buying experience easy. I, I want to make the home buying process a lot shorter and a lot easier and have it all under one roof. So you're not going through all these different things. Cause normally when you go and buy a property, you got to go and uh, get a real estate agent, which is a third party. You got to go and get a home inspector, which is a third party. You got to go and get financing, which is a third party. So it, they're all third parties. So it, it's it, rather than doing that, and that's what that's what creates a lot of time delays. You're going through all these different companies to to make sure you're getting a good deal. So if I can have all those resources under Dundee Investments and cut out the middleman, that's what I'm trying to do with Dundee Investments. Now, real quick. Um, I want to go over the board and then I'll let you go real quick. Uh, the website where I upload, so I do these episodes live and then I upload them to the Podbean platform. So that's goals and updates.podbean.com. That's our main website for the pod or for, uh, for goals and updates where I literally up, update the, the old episodes onto those. You can get the app and listen it to your um, CarPlay. I think it's uh, iCarPlay. I think it's called iCarp. It's, they're kind of different for Android. It's something Android CarPlay or, and then I think for iPhone, it's a uh, iCarPlay or something like that or iCar or something like that. But you could literally plug in the app into your, to like the new, uh, the new cars and listen to these episodes as you're driving. All that is on there is by the way, it's our website, but it, I should really make an about us page. I'm going to update it and put more stuff on there, but it's really just our website for goals and updates. And it's all the old MP3 formatted uh, episodes. You can just listen to them as you're cleaning the house, as you're driving, as you're doing daily tasks, basically, as you're just working. So that's that's pretty interesting. Now, the, the other thing on here is Patreon support. Now, right now, we just have a uh, dollar membership, right? We just have a dollar membership right now, working on a five and a 10, but right now, just a dollar. So for a less than a cup of coffee a month, you can support goals and updates. I know it's not gonna seem like much, but if we get 50, 100 people and so on and so on and so on, the $1 stacks into 1,000 divided by a bunch of different people. So it cuts the cost on you. It also helps produce better content. It also helps produce a better show. So all that does is just it's going to help me generate revenue for their goals and updates, uh, the actual podcast, and just reinvest it back into the show. That's all that's going to do. So that's patreon.com slash goals and updates. I appreciate anything you guys can give. 
even if you do just do the $1 membership, I definitely would appreciate it or even just a one-time. I don't know if you can do a one-time payment on there, but uh, if you want to do a one-time payment, reach out to me and we'll work something out where you can just do a one-time payment. Um, but anyways, I would greatly appreciate that. That'll help support the show, keep things going, and build a better over, you know, overall better show. So that's patreon.com slash goals and updates. Now, the last thing on here is Apple Podcasts, and I recently did get approved to be put onto Apple Podcasts. Now, obviously, if you have an Android, it's not going to work for you, but I would recommend if you do have an Android, go to the goalsandupdates.podbean.com, which is the Podbean platform. If you have an iPhone, all you have to do is go to that Apple Podcast app that's on every single Apple product by default and just type in the search bar, goals and updates, and you'll see it. It's the first thing that pops up. So I definitely appreciate everyone that came out, watched episode 115. I'm hoping, you know, pretty soon we'll be at 150 and then eventually 200 and 300 and so on and so on. I definitely appreciate everyone coming out, watching. I'll see you next, uh, well, I'll see you Wednesday at 7 p.m. So this has been Goals and Updates, episode 115 with your host, Tyler Dunn. And just keep it real. Peace. I want to thank you personally for checking out our free content with over 10,000 hours of free content. Show us some support on whatever platform you are on by hitting a like button, commenting, or by sharing the podcast. Help us out by being a Patreon member at www.patreon.com slash goals and updates.